Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. I got a word in my heart. And my mission this morning is just to give to you the word like he gave it to me, if that's all right. And I'm going to be myself, if that's okay. So I may get loud, I may get passionate, but if you only knew what he saved me from, if you only knew what he delivered me from, you would have a much better understanding on why I get the way that I get. Let's open up to Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. This is our text in the series. I have the honor of concluding our series today, Take It By Force. Somebody say, Take It By Force. How awesome was Pastor Mark Francie last week? Wasn't that incredible? If you did not watch that message, I encourage you to go back, uh, YouTube it, Vimeo it, iTunes it, go listen to it. It'll bless you. Matthew 11, verse 12 says this. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, being intentional, taking it, receiving it by faith. There are certain things in the kingdom of God that you have to wait for. Freedom, salvation, Holy Ghost, power are not things you have to wait for in the kingdom. And I believe today all of us in this room are going to walk out free. You will no longer struggle with that anxiety. You will no longer struggle with that depression. You will no longer walk out struggling and bound in the chains that the devil wants you to stay bound in. You're going to walk away this place today free. We're going to take it by force. Say by force. Mark 5, 25 through 32 in the Passion Translation. It's a fun translation that I've been reading in lately. Mark 5, 25 through 32 says this. Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from a continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors. Yet in spite of spending all that she had on treatments, she was not getting any better, but she was getting worse. When she had heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to herself, if only I can touch his clothes, if only I could just touch Jesus, I know I will be healed. As soon as she had touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel in her body instantly being healed of all her disease. She knew at once that someone had touched him. For he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. I love that. I'm going to read it again. He felt the power that always surged around him, that was always with him. He felt that same power pass through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd saying, who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, Master, what do you mean who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. There are thousands around you, and they're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had faith to believe. If only she could just touch him, she would be healed. Let's pray in the house of God today. Lord, I love you. And I thank you just as we were singing during worship. Just in a moment with you, everything can change. 
coming together like this in a corporate setting on a Sunday morning, Father, let it be not just another Sunday morning that we come into the house of God and go through the motions and sing the songs like a sing-along and walk out this place the same way we walked in, bound, chained, full of dysfunction and full of issues. God, today by your anointing, God, I pray that we all leave this place free, full of joy, full of hope, full of peace, knowing that there's always more found in your presence. Father, I pray today that you have your way and our agenda bows to yours. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. Amen. Have you ever looked at anything in life and had the question, is that it? Like, 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 really? I just paid $70 for this tuna plate, <laughs> expecting it to be a plate full of tuna. Knowing I went to a restaurant outside of my pay grade and only to realize it's but a piece of tuna for $70. Can anybody relate? Sitting at the table wondering, really? Is this it? Is this all I'm worth? You know, you ever found an all-inclusive vacation on Google and the images looked immaculate? Oh, oh, snap. Like, this is amazing. That sunset over the water just looks incredible. The food looks incomparable. Oh, my, my, my. The people look so happy. The waiting staff has a smile on their face as they're serving the food. It really is amazing. And the price, oh man, the price, you got hooked up. Only to realize when you get there, it's nothing like what you saw. The water is not blue, it's brown. The beach is nasty. Say nasty. The people suck. The waiting staff is the worst. The other tourists are not happy. You look around and you say, is this it? Oh, is this it? Jaylee and I just went to a hotel for our anniversary yesterday morning. Where, okay, uh, one night only. All right. So, <laughs> come on, somebody. We're having breakfast yesterday, and we're looking around, and we're like, I mean, it's nice, but is that it? You ever looked at something and just wondered, is there more than this? Like, there has to be more. Really, there has to be, there has to be more. And the character that we read about today in the Word, I'm sure had this question as she looked at herself in the mirror each day. Is there more? than this. See, we got to understand context here. This, this, this character in the Bible, she had a continual bleeding for 12 years. She had a female issue happen, begin, and it didn't stop. Her struggle turned into the norm. She was sitting in dysfunction. She was known as unclean because if your period were to last a certain amount of time, you would be considered unclean in, in this time. Everywhere that she went was considered unclean. Everything she touched, everywhere she sat down on was considered unclean. Can you imagine if this woman was 
a wife. She can't be around her husband anymore because she was considered unclean. Can you imagine if this woman was a mother? She couldn't be around her kids anymore because she was considered unclean. If she was a sibling, she couldn't be around her siblings anymore. Exiled from community, from her norm, all that she has ever known because of her issue, because of her disease, because of her illness. She couldn't be around all that she's ever known. Yeah, I can in many ways relate to this woman in this text. Not because of the issue, but I'm going to take her issue today. I'm going to use the word issue a lot today because I'm going to use her issue as a metaphor to all of our issues. Everything we struggle with, whether life handed it to us or we took it upon ourselves, the shame, the depression, the anxiety, the sin cycle that you have, I'm going to call them today issues. Can you say, I've got issues? Come on, say it like you mean it. I've got issues. I can relate in a lot of ways to this character in the Bible because I've had some issues. And my issues have affected my day-to-day before. I remember 10 years ago waking up in my uh, college freshman apartment. College is a loose term because I never went to class. I was like, yeah, I went to go play college football. Yeah, never practiced with the team. Because I was stuck in an issue. I would wake up each day and I would roll over and oftentimes I'd hit the roach, the, the part of a joint that was left from the night before. I'd drink a fifth just to get me moving through the day. Yeah, I hadn't always been a sanctified preacher. I hadn't always been this way. Come on, Jesse, you got me today? I ain't always been this way, all right? I've always been a preacher, but not of the Word of God. Come on, somebody. And I've always been a hustler, but not of the Word of God. Come on. Uh, and I'm not proud of it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But I remember one morning I walked into my bathroom in my apartment and just looking in the mirror saying, man, is, is that it? bit hungover just the night before out partying, sleeping around, smoking this, drinking this, and just wondering, like, is that all? Is that it? And I found it so easy to accept our dysfunction and just get by in life with it. Saying what Tupac said, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. All my homies in the house got real excited. I just hooked all of you. Here you are. But I remember saying, that's just, that's just the way it's going to be. That's just how it is. Because maybe this is all I've ever known growing up. Or this is all that I've seen. Or this is all that I've been taught. Or I found it so easy to just accept the issue that we have. Maybe you're like me in this room, and it's beyond imagination for you. You can relate. You say, I am that character in the word that I'm affected each day when I look into the mirror by my issue. Or maybe you say, I'm like you, PT. Man, I just, I look into the mirror some days 
And I wonder, is there anything beyond this depression? Is there anything beyond this shame? Is there anything beyond this fear, this doubt, this worry, this anxiety? Is there anything beyond this? I'm here to tell you today, there has to be more, and there is more. I am on assignment this morning to come across everything that the devil has made you believe to be the norm. And I'm calling you out of it today by the Spirit of God. I'm tired of Christians living defeated when we have the almighty, all-conquering Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of you. And we have just become settlers in the midst of our mess. And today, again, as I said earlier in the prayer, we're going to lead this place today free. Can I tell you today, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah, it's up to you. You can lead this place the same way. Or you can leave this place changed. Chained or changed? You decide today. And we're going to take this freedom today by force. Again, freedom is one thing that we do not have to wait for in the kingdom. If you feel bound, if you feel stuck like this woman did, this woman gives us three ingredients on freedom. Three steps. Three steps to freedom. Can I give them to you today? I'm going to talk about three steps to freedom that this character in the word lays out for us today. Say three steps. It says in the word that she suffered 12 years and she spent all that she had trying to get better. The first thing we have to do to attain freedom is we have to admit that we have an issue. We have to acknowledge and be real with ourselves that we have an issue. Honestly, I really don't think I have to talk a lot of us in this room into knowing that we have some stuff deep down. We have some stuff deep down. And, and, and I want to take this question today, is this it? And I want to turn it inwardly today. And I want us to look the places that we've been avoiding for a while. You think it might, may have been just another Sunday, but we came to this place today to get free. So I wanted to look inwardly today and ask the question, is that it? And have the resolve inside of you that it's not, that there's more. So the first thing we must do is we must admit that we have an issue. We have to be honest with ourselves and with others. And of course, before God. I believe God can only heal what is revealed. He can only heal what is revealed. God cannot heal what is hidden from people, from himself, even from personal denial from your own self maybe you say I'm good you know how hard it is to help people get free who who have the declaration I'm good how you doing bro I'm good I'm like I'm good you can live and die just being good live and die bound live and die with this issue still tacked never becoming all who God has created you to be I'm good I was sitting earlier in pastor's office, and he has this little block of turf from, from the Seattle Seahawks field from a few years back, and, and, and it's stamped with a certificate of authenticity, and I just want to be one who, every time I leave a meeting with somebody, or a phone call, or the platform, Wherever I go in life, I want everything to be branded with a certificate of authenticity. Is your life branded with a certificate of authenticity? He can only heal 
what is revealed. And it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to be okay with that. Right? It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to admit, man, I messed up. But it's not okay to just settle there. You're meant for more. Say more. So the second thing she shows us, shows us today to step into freedom. The first thing was to admit, because the Bible says that she spent all that she had on doctors, so she was well aware that she had an issue. It went on for a long time. But the second thing she tells us to do was to believe in him. Because the Bible says that she knew that all she had to do was touch him. In fact, her cry was, the only thing I have to do is touch him. If I could just touch him, she, she said. We must believe in him. Do you believe in him? Do you believe in the power of one encounter? We sing about it. We sing about it. Do you believe what, do we believe what we sing or we just sing in words? Do you believe in the power of one encounter can truly flip your world upside down? The power of one encounter. Believe that he can do it just with one touch. I believe that he can do it, but oftentimes our faith or lack of voids out sometimes the power of God. Because he wants to give, but will we receive what he wants to give? See, this is where I have seen maybe just the camps that I come from, but I remember growing up in the house of God and seeing the older generation, what they would call Terry at the altar. They'd respond to the altar when there was no altar call. You know what I'm saying? They would just go to the altar and they, would, they had to leave the church doors open because an older generation truly would cry out for an encounter. They would cry out for breakthrough. They would say up here with the cry, God, if you don't come through, this thing isn't going to happen. And I think in 2018 church, I think it's easy to have a plan B. Maybe that's why we see more miracles across, across the, uh, uh, the sea because they don't have a plan B. Maybe what the best thing that we can do in this place today is cancel out our plan B. In other words, in other words, God, if you don't come through, this ain't going to happen. Put it all on him. Can I tell you that where is, there is a great demand, there is a great supply. And there is a supply waiting from the kingdom of heaven to come into your life. But we must put a demand on heaven. We have to believe in the power once again of one encounter can change everything. Change everything. Changed everything for me. It changed everything for many people in this room. I could go down the front row right here and tell you how one encounter changed everything. One encounter can change your whole life today. We have to believe this once again. Somebody say amen. amen. The power of one encounter, say one. So how do I believe? The word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, it said that she knew, because she hadn't met Jesus before. The accounts doesn't show us this. So she had heard about Jesus for some time now, performing these miracles. So she said, I have to go wherever he is to get my touch. I have to go. So she had heard, so it aroused faith on the inside of this woman, and it was her faith that unlocked the breakthrough. One scholar said that this lady had traveled over 38 miles on foot. Yeah, sick, 12 years, stuck and doing whatever she had to do to get her touch. What happened to that kind of desperation in the house of God? That kind of desperation that says, you know what, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I sound like. 
I don't care what they think about me, the fear of man, I don't care. I've come to get a touch. I can typically tell the people who come into the house of God on Sundays looking for a touch. Yeah, looking for, they don't wait till the last song to sing. Because they come into the house saying, God, I, just like the older generation that I referred to earlier, that they come into the house expectant, full of faith, full of hunger, saying, God, I need you to come through in my life. If you don't make this happen, God, it ain't going to happen. God, I need you to flip my family upside down. I need you to flip my school upside down. I need you to flip my workplace upside down. I need an emotional breakthrough. I need a financial breakthrough. We need that type of hunger again in the house of God. Not caring what, maybe that's the one thing you can get out of today is just to care less what people think. Yeah, care less what people think. I'm not saying to flip chairs and run up on stage. I'm not saying, you know, there is a certain order to have in the house of God. But what could happen in this place today when we go back into worship? We don't care what, I, what you think about. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you think about me. I really don't. That's why me and Pastor Cameron are standing up here losing our minds. Because, again, if you only knew what he broke us out of, you would understand the way that we praise. I don't have to smoke this anymore. I don't have to sleep with this anymore. I don't have to drink this anymore. Because there ain't no high, baby, like the most high. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. I don't care what I... I don't care how I look. I don't care how I look. I don't care how I look because God is so good and he set me free from so much. And I see month after month after month, God set other people free in the house of God at a service just like this. And so he's, he's still good. He's still faithful to set people free. And he's here in this place today. He's here in this place today. He's here in this place today to set you free from whatever you walked in with. From whatever you The anointing is still the power that destroys the yoke of bondage. The anointing is still the thing that sets the captives free. It is still the chain breaker. It is still the one that sets you up higher than you've ever been before. The anointing is still alive and well in this place. Somebody say amen. Somebody say believe we got to believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How do I hear? Church, community, reading the Word, that's how you hear the Word of God. I still believe the power of one encounter, and I think many of you in this room believe that today, too. One encounter. You can go all throughout the Word and see Jesus having one encounter with somebody, and their whole life changes. Their whole life changes, and they are never the same. Somebody say, no plan B. Say, Jesus over everything. She knew all she had to do was to touch. And the third thing that she show, shows us what to do to get freedom, to get free for breakthrough, is you have to touch him. Number three, to take what is yours. Because when the woman touched, she took. When she touched him, she took freedom. When she touched him, she took breakthrough. When she touched him, she took healing. It's not enough just to admit and believe. There has to be an action. And back to our text of this series, we have to take it by force. Being intentional. Receiving it by faith. So the third thing we have to do is take what is ours by force. Again, where there is a demand, there is a great supply. And God is a supply that never runs dry. He is a supply that will never go empty. Anything you need, provision, love, grace, power, healing, goodness, faithfulness, he will never, he is inexhaustible. He will never outlast 
God's supply. You can never exhaust his provision. I believe this woman didn't care what she looked like again because we believe in the house of God this morning that desperation knows no decency. Knows no decency. This character, write this down, she didn't settle for what was given. She took what was available. She didn't settle for what was just given. She took what was available. What was given in the scenario was the presence of Jesus. But what was taken was freedom. This reminds me of church. What, was, what is given on a Sunday morning at Church 1132 is an incredible, almighty, majestic, powerful presence of the Lord. It's given, but we can't stop there. And we can't praise him for just him giving his presence. We have to take what is available. We have to take what is available. And this woman in this text took what was available. You know, because it said that when Jesus was walking, she reached out and touched the border of his robe. And it said that Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? I don't believe necessarily he was shocked. I believe he was pleased. Because faith pleases God. Who touched me? Finally, a person of faith touched me. Finally, somebody made a withdrawal from me and touched me and touched me. Because I love, it again, in this last verse that we read, Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. So for a reason, for freedom, she had touched him. I believe the principle still applies whether he was ready for it or not. It doesn't matter. I believe the principle still applies that when we reach, he responds. Again, there is always a supply for the demand. So whether Jesus was like, oh, my God, who touched me? You know, it, the principle still applies when, whenever. Whenever we reach, he responds. Whenever at 3 a.m. when you wake up with a panic attack, he still responds. When you reach, he responds. Somebody say responds. Are you grateful that God is a responding God? That's my favorite thing about he's a responding God. He's not a silent God. He's not a dead God. He's not a distant God. He's a God that is within my reach, and he is responding. When we reach, he responds. His presence was given, but breakthrough was taken. His presence was given, but breakthrough was taken by this character in the story. If I can have the band come back up, I'm, I'm going to begin to land the plane. And we're going to see God move. Y'all ready? You ready? God's in this place today. I sense his presence. Maybe you came in today and you don't, you've never, maybe you've never been to church. Or maybe you've never been to a church like ours. But we just believe again in authenticity. And there's a reason why we get loud and expressive in church. It's because we're just, we're so grateful that we serve, again, an alive God that is, that is close, that is close to us. And I'm not done with my message, but I just feel like stopping for a moment and just letting you know that he's close. He's close to you. Maybe you came in with another faith, another religion. 
But I just want to say on behalf of God, he's, he's close to you today. He's close and he loves you so much. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? I love this because the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, what do you mean? Who touched you? There are thousands of people around. And you ask who touched you? That word actually uses the word throng. You may, you, you may have read this. Or pressing up against or brushing. Jesus said, no, I didn't ask who pressed up against me. I didn't ask who, who, who brushed me. He said, I asked who touched me. Who touched me? Say touched. He asked who, two different words in the Greek right here. Master, what do you mean who, who touched you? I didn't ask who like brushed up against me. I'm asking who took a hold of me. Who took, who made a withdrawal? Who grabbed the hold? This word touch means to cling to. She didn't brush, she touched. She didn't just touch, she took a hold of what already belonged to her by the way of Jesus. And she clung to him the rest of her life. The Bible, uh, uh, there's scholars that would say that this woman would follow Jesus all the way to the cross and gave her life to the call of the gospel because of this touch. Can I tell you that your touch that you receive today is not just for today, it's for your tomorrow. It's not just for Sunday day to be free today but it's through your Monday through Saturday to stay free because we don't just touch we grab on to and hold on for the rest of our lives we may not be perfect but we're holding on we may mess up every now and then but we're holding on we may something say something we don't mean but I'm holding on I'm calling us today to hold on hold on to him hold on to him at all costs with all that we have Jesus he's so good he's so good because I believe when you grab on to him you grab on to freedom when you grab on to him you grab on to joy you, you take hold of peace you take hold of satisfaction I guarantee you this woman this woman experienced the peace, the hope and the joy she was immediately healed, the Bible says. What if today there is an immediate healing waiting in the atmosphere that all we have to do is receive it by faith? Maybe it's in your marriage or in a family matter. What if God restores something today by taking hold of what he has to offer? If we just admit that we need him, believe that he can do it, and take what is ours by forth my fear is that Sunday after Sunday we can come into the house of God and just brush up against them and I know this even being a pastor I can just come in and it's so simple to go through the motions and just lift their hands because that's just what we do to be loud just that's just what we do just going through motions and never grabbing hold of the freedom that is available in this atmosphere. And I leave the same, I leave the same way I walked in. Can I tell you that an encounter is always available? A touch is always available. There's one here right now, today. Your touch is not just for today, it is for your tomorrow. And I believe today 
we end the days of brushing up against him and we take hold of the border of his garment can i tell you that the bible says that where his spirit is there is freedom there is liberty there is joy and it is, it is available to attain today by taking what is ours by faith going back 10 years when i was looking into the mirror it was shortly after that in that season i found myself in my bedroom at home i was visiting home and i remember walking in and saying you know what i don't even i don't even believe i don't even believe in god I go to church every now and then. I kind of brush up against them. It kind of feels good. But I'm like, you know what? I don't really believe. And I think a lot of the reason why I doubted was because I just brushed up against them. And let me just say this. If you're struggling in your faith, which, which it happens. If you're struggling in your faith, I want to encourage you today to take hold of them. I remember being in my room saying, you know what, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired, God. Okay, if you're real, I need you now. And I remember being in my bedroom that night and feeling the love of God enter into my bedroom. A broken, a weary, and exhausted young adult. I said, God, I can't do this. I need something beyond me. I need something bigger and louder than myself. And that was the day that I took a hold of him. And can I tell you, when I took hold of him, my life was never the same again. We got to take hold. I had to admit, I had to believe, and I had to receive. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.